Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Will Douglas. Hello. Hello, Will. It is good to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's my first podcast. Nice. Uh, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? So I am 36 for the time being. I'll be 37 next month. Um, and I'm a classical guitarist. Right now, I do a lot of, a lot of teaching. I teach at... Um, well, currently three different colleges. Um, I'm at Weatherford College, uh, Tarrant County College Northwest, and I'm at Southwestern Baptist. Um, I do mostly private guitar teaching. Like one-on-one? Yeah, one-on-one. Um, and then at uh, Southwestern, I actually, I have, uh, I, I'm sort of the de facto chair of the guitar department. And there we actually do, I have... Um, uh, guitar performance degrees uh, that I teach at the undergraduate, master's, and doctoral level. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I finished my doctorate in musical arts and guitar performance from uh, the University of North Texas just this past May, um, and so I've kind of reached the end of my formal, you know, yeah. student years. Um, but I mean, you know how it is. I mean, you're you're a guitarist, you're a musician. You you never really stop being a student. Yeah, you know, uh, you could choose to not be, I guess. Yeah, that's wanna... a bad idea. Yeah. I think <laughs> just closing your mind right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but my background uh, in guitar was really electric. You know, I'm I'm like most uh, most American classical guitarists, Canadian, really generally North American guitarists. There's a lot of us that are, you know, really metalheads. That's where where, yeah. where we started. Sure. Um, and most of my friends, uh, American guitarists, are something like that. Maybe jam bands, that kind of thing. But we're sort of heavily lean on the heavy side yeah. uh, of things. Um, and I started uh, taking classical uh, lessons from a guitarist in in, in Fort Worth named Michael Daly uh, when I was 18. So it's been. 18 while. 19 years a little years while yeah yeah they say they say converts are the most radical right yeah. <laughs> so uh i'd still play electric mostly jazz i'm i'm play with some of the jazz faculty uh in one of the the bands uh, at southwestern um but you know i i'll i'll play anything really yeah you know, well for the most part sure as long as it sounds yeah. good or paid well enough right Maybe. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know gotta gotta pay that rent so. yeah suffer a little bit of uh, I don't like this for a little bit of cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens. So you have a wife and daughter, correct? That's right. Yeah. So um, I've been married uh, to my wife, Courtney, for five years, just this past October. And we have a little girl who will be three in January. Man, time flies. Yeah. Yeah. It's really wild. You know, all of a sudden, you, first you have this like worm thing that, you know, <laughs> it can't do any anything except for, you know, look adorable and throw up on you. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden you have this thing that's telling you no, you know, all, right. all the time. Yeah. So it's all just, the time. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. So how's, uh, how's the dad life compared to pre dad life? Uh, you know, it's funny at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all good. Um, it's hard to remember honestly kind of what that was like before, you know, sure. um, as it's just a whole mind shift. I mean, I, people say this so often that it seems really cliche, but as soon as the doctors, you know, showed 
Charlotte, it's my daughter, um, to me. I mean, it was just like <laughs> my, something my, flipped. So, and, yeah, immediately, right. you had this sort of psychological, biological imperative just went like this, and and something something changed. It's like and, maybe a partition is created in some. Yeah, part. I mean, I, there, there's probably there's got to be somebody's stared at someone's brain while that happens. I'm sure at yeah. some point, uh, but but. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of obviously you, you have a living thing that you have to make sure lives from one day to the next. Um, you know, so there's there's pressure, but it's not it's not unwelcome. You know, you sure, just kind of just comes natural, right? Yeah, in a in a, in a way. Yeah, I'd say the biggest change for me um, professionally right now, um, I'm just I'm unwilling to to miss these formative years. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot more teaching. Um, than I normally did, would, you know, because uh, typically I'd gig more, you know, do sort of concerts and, you know, sort of colleges and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but but I just don't want to miss out, you know, so my income comes primarily from, from teaching. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've never had that, that the, the strong enough feeling that I could survive by just music alone. I mean, I love playing music and writing music and performing, but just never had enough uh, drive or motivation to, you know, or I really, I guess, I guess the confidence too to, to think that I could make this happen. I could make Mm -hmm. this work, you know, with, without factoring in a lot of, I might have to play for cover band for a while just Mm -hmm. to make money. And that that might burn me out completely, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I really, I sympathize with that, you you know, um, because, you know, doing it professionally, I, I wouldn't have really been able to do it if I didn't have a lot of support. You know, I feel yeah, like yeah. like with with my family. So my my family background's kind of funny. They're they're mostly scientists, and so my my brother's a medical researcher, and and we've got engineers and things in my family, and awesome. and uh, you know lots of very smart <laughs> smart people. Yeah, good minds, <laughs> smart people. Um, and so I actually started out in college as a business and economics double major, and wow. uh, I hated it. <laughs> it was the worst. Yeah, it, so- and, it sounds important, but uh, yeah, no, no interest of mine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I think that a lot of students kind of, kind of, they kind of get into this this trap. You know, maybe they don't get pressured exactly, you know, mm-hmm. by their family to do something, but they feel like they have to. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's really where I was, you know, I just kind of, kind of in this lost kid, you know, 18. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then just, you know, said, well, I just can't, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I mean, yeah. It's just not my, not my thing. Um, and then, you know, that was like 2000, 2001 when the whole Napster blowout happened, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. and, uh, the first iPod came out about when I was, I think a freshman in college and it just decimated the money-making yeah, scheme, especially for bands, yeah. you, you know, it just changed drastically. Yeah. Yeah. It was really t- uh, a tough time. And uh, if I remember right, uh, I don't want to get these st- statistics wrong, but something like 1200 independent labels shut down and 2,400 independent record stores <laughs> shut down across yeah. the country. I mean, it sounds and, plausible. Yeah. It was a really large number. And, and then, you know, the idea of course at the time was that, that uh, Napster was going to democratize, you know, music, and mm-hmm. it was going to be music was going to be free like the wind, and all this. Right. And um, well, after it wiped out all these independents, then 
Universal came in and bought like 25% more of the shelf space in Best Buy and mm-hmm. Walmart and the big guys just sort of got bigger yeah. and then bought into, you know, the backside of Spotify and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, this whole thing is just... It's completely, been, completely screwed up now. Yeah, it, re- it really is. I mean, and beyond so, recovery, I think, really, because just unless unless the entire internet crashes, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the adaptive landscape right now for musicians is really... It's tricky, and there's so much content out there. You know, everybody's doing yeah, you, concert videos and things like that, yeah. and and it's and they're getting sleeker too. People are making really nice yeah, quality stuff every, at home. The the apps and programs that are cheap or you know free, even if you have the right mindset and right ability to yeah. learn, and you know just you could crank something up, no problem. You right. know, might be a little bit on the corny side or you know less lesser quality, but good enough. You know, to, yeah. to put out there, it's just like every everybody can be their own uh, marketing company too. You right? Know? Yeah, and and th- there's there's obviously something very powerful about that because it's sort of the the gatekeepers from the past don't have the ability to keep people out, mm-hmm. but we're in this space right now where everything's so flooded. You know, we have to figure out what's going to fall away over time. Yeah. Uh, you know, before I think people can really figure out how to forge their career. So, what kind of put me into the the classical side um apart from i just love the music you, you know and and um some of my my early heroes uh, were sort of classical guitarists alex lifeson and randy rhodes and these guys who right, had right. some of that background um and so that's what sent me to well really <laughs> what sent me to lessons was i was in a band uh with a, a, a metal band with another guy a friend of mine who started taking classical lessons and he was actually the rhythm guitar player and the vocalist yeah but then he started getting better than me <laughs> and i wasn't having any of that <laughs> yeah <you know>? right <laughs> like, like this is not going to happen so i signed up for lessons with the same guy you know uh and we Teach both me how to be better than him <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah real mature attitude you know uh um but but that's that's the truth it's the truth yeah. and uh but we both ended up getting you know he's he's a guitarist up in manhattan now the other the other guy um hi mark if you listen to this um uh so uh when i was kind of looking at the possibilities in terms of making a living as as a guitarist and how do i hedge my bets you know um in my you know i was very pretty immature kid but i i did it at least kind of see you know how can i you know, and I had really great guidance. You know, my, my teacher, Michael, really kind of I, I, he was making a, like quite a good living uh, doing it, and so I kind of used that as a, as a model. Sure. And here I am, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, a very long long journey. I did uh, bachelor's and masters, um, and then I went up to uh, New England Conservatory in Boston uh, and did a a year of graduate diploma study there, and then uh, uh, and then came back and did the doctorate and. Yeah, glad I'm glad I did it. I would never do it again. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a long. I mean, I'm 37 now, or yeah. almost 37. It's like uh, that's a lot of school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I'm more interested in school now in my mm-hmm. life than I was before, but I still don't think I could yeah. stomach going back and you know being forced to learn this and deadline for this and you know it's more of just me in, being interested in, mm-hmm. in learning. Yeah, but somebody might not have the best game plan for for teaching and i'm not going to jive with that and Mm -hmm. it's just going to be a waste of time yeah that's tricky you you know uh especially if 
you know, you're coming in, like me, come, I was really an outsider. You know, I, I wasn't from the classical guitar world. Mm-hmm. And so knowing, I just happened upon a good teacher, right? I could have ended up with anybody, yeah. you know, and I could have gone down some other path and then just given up or something or, right. or maybe taken on, you know, students tend to take on their attitude of their teacher a little bit. And sure. I could have ended up with somebody with a bad attitude and, you know, and just tanked my career or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And just treated people like dirt and that kind of thing. So I really got fortunate, I think, with, with, with my with my first teacher. And then I've, I've had, had others since then. So, um, and they've all been great, really. Mm-hmm. You know, my Tom Johnson is the guy at UNT who uh, got me through all my degrees. And, and he's really just... A, a fantastic mentor you, yeah. you know but you're right like even if it's a great teacher if your personalities don't work together you know mm-hmm. it can be a mess and Just now the your environment in general really i guess yeah it, at unt there's uh i believe they're currently the largest music school in the country uh, it's usually back and forth but between them and, and indiana mm-hmm. and um uh, w- when you're when you're an undergraduate especially that's difficult because you can be kind of a number yeah. Um, and UNT is pretty good about avoiding a lot of that, but still, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, you're in a theory class with hundred people, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, uh, <laughs> it was tough. Yeah. Theory is, is, uh, I, I can't grasp that whatsoever. So I can imagine being a little intimidated by, you know, or, or shy to reach out when you have mm-hmm. 99 other people next to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe looking confused too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're like sitting next to some guy who's like been reading music since he was three. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, that would, plays, that's super intimidating. Yeah, it's really, it's really, and he plays the violin. You know, he's been playing the violin like a pro since he was, you know, six or something. He's mm-hmm. like, man, you know, I, I just started reading music yesterday. Like, <laughs> like you got to, you got to give me some slack here. Yeah, you know, um, but uh, you know, um, I, I yeah, I am glad I did it. You know, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad it's over. That's good. So, like you said, journey. I mean, it's a, uh, it it's an investment. It's obvious. You know, you're obviously going to apply yourself. Yeah. You know, at that point, instead of going to school for four years and then not doing what you went to school for, yeah, you know, it's like you've you've invested the time towards what you want to do and continue to do. So it's uh, it's great. It's it's rewarding. You, you know, um, the pressures now are a little different. You know, um, uh, since I'm, I'm running a degree program, uh, you know, someone comes to study with you and the idea is they end up with this degree at the end and they're supposed to be able to make a living somehow, you mm-hmm. know, do that. Yeah. And, you know, so as a teacher, you should, you ought to feel the obligation to absolutely you know, and I mean this in, in, in a sort of positive way, just totally pull the student's world apart and then put it back together mm-hmm. in a way that they understand not only their instrument and music, but what the landscape looks like outside of school and help them, you know, especially it's a one-on-one thing. So you really uh, get to know their personality. And so you, mm-hmm. you help them become more effective uh, communicators, you know, yeah. not just with the instrument, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, in their relationships and uh you know it's it's awesome it's an awesome experience but you really have to take it seriously all the time yeah um because you can really set somebody up for failure mm-hmm. uh, and and uh uh it's it yeah it's not not a lot of uh even um guitarists you know even with my degree level have the opportunity to do that and i just 
uh, I'm very fortunate, blessed to be able to, to do it, you, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but it is, it, it's pretty intense. That's, uh, oh, yeah, it's very admirable. Uh, thanks. Let's see. I have some questions about guitar playing. Oh, sure. Probably some really dumb ones, but standard. No, no, no dumb. No so, dumb guitar questions. How long would you guess that you have a guitar in your hands on an average day? Um, so teaching, I, I teach, um, about 35 hours a week. Um, uh, so there's that. And then my own practice, you know, it probably eight, 10 hours, something wow. like that. A lot, <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, a, that's, a that's lot, a lot, you know, um, uh, it's not the, you know, having to, um, teach so much right now to, to supplement, supplement the income, you know, my own personal practice on the music that I really want to play, mm-hmm. you know, kind of takes a hit. And, right. and a lot of what I get hired for, especially like this time of year is doing Christmas music and oh, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing, you know? So, um, I mean, that's not hard, you know, I just basically I'm sight reading it, you know? Um, but you know, I don't want it to sound awful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you I, have your mind involved in a little right. bit. Yeah. And you know, I didn't learn to read music until all the sort of language centers in my brain had already formed, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not like a brilliant sight reader at all. Not like somebody who had started, you know, in their, yeah. in their, you know, very young. Yeah, I never even thought about it that way as far as your, uh, you know, like before 25 or 20 or something where you've actually yeah. invested some time in, into learning that properly. Yeah. It's, it's a huge difference. It, it does. It, it's, uh, music, um, in, in music notation, really, it, it, it finds most of its basis in, in rhetorical properties. Like we talk about musical phrasing, just like we mm-hmm. talk about, you know, a, a, tur- a turn of phrase in, when we're speaking. Yeah. Um, and you know, notes are like characters in the alphabet, you know, you can, string them along individually or you can combine them into a word you can combine notes into a chord you know and you a series of words forms a sentence and an idea a series of chords you know uh works the same way and yeah. so we talk uh in in sort of in the theoretical and interpretive world about music and music theory in in terms that are very very similar to to speech um okay and and uh they play it plays along the same centers of the brain as as language does in fact certain, very interesting yeah it's it's w- one thing that's really cool actually is it, you know this phenomenon of having perfect pitch yeah yeah right 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 yeah so in places like um china where they have languages that are um uh they're sort of pitch based right so you can have for example um i'm going to get this backwards but <laughs> Uh, if you say ma, it means uh, mother. You say ma, it, it means cow, I think. <laughs> uh, Be careful. <laughs> yeah, I had a theory teacher, Dr. Cho, who, who explained this to us. Um, but <clears throat> in places in the world where there's this sort of pitch-based vocabulary, they have a 30% higher rate of, uh, of perfect pitch than in places that don't. Okay. Which is pretty neat. Um, so uh, we have a, a lot of evidence that shows that you know, when children, if children learn to read early, then it just becomes like another language. Sure. That makes total sense. It's, it's pretty uh, cool to watch. (laughs) Yeah. It happens. So I've thought about, you know, maybe should use, I might use my daughter as a guinea pig. Maybe not. (laughs) Probably not a good idea. Courtney probably wasn't. Force it onto her. That's right. Here, listen to this jazz. (laughs) 
Yeah, or after doing some alphabetic alphabet studies and just like yeah. throwing a sheet of music just randomly. What is right. that? What is yeah. this? Is oh, it? oh, you were interested? I'll yeah. show you what it is. Take this Design of Destiny album and go in there. <laughs> See if you can figure out what note that is. Um, a similar question. How many notes do you think you might play in a day? Oh, wow. Um, it's funny. Uh, thousands. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome to think about. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, um, I imagine you, you probably have a lot of guitar guitar players who listen to this. You know, so classical. It's funny. Um, uh, classical guitarists and metal guitarists look for similar qualities in their heroes or in the music they create. You know, mm-hmm. we're very into complexity, you, you know, and, yeah. and the sort of challenge of execution and, and uh, also doing things by rote, right. Rather than doing lots of impro- improvisation. Mm-hmm. Of course we love to improvise, but you know, when you're in a ensemble, it's like, let's see how, yeah how dense we can make right. this, this, this music, you know? Um, so I guess I've, I guess I've always kind of like been obsessed with lots of notes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good to know. Um, so you talked about like your own practice too uh, mm-hmm. during the day. I guess after uh, I would assume after class. Yeah, uh, yeah, or in the morning. Do yeah. you do you feel like you could sacrifice some of your practice time, or you feel like you've you've worked enough during the day that you don't require practice time when you get home or later in the day? Mm-hmm. Find yourself convincing your or convincing yourself you don't need to by chance. I'm pretty good at convincing myself to be lazy sometimes. <laughs> I guess <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. I mean, my thought would be like a yeah. like a personal trainer. You know, yeah. you're actually doing some movements during mm-hmm. the day, and you know, do you you're maybe you're exhausted when you get home and you think, well, I kind of got in a workout today already. I don't really need to. Work yeah, out. yeah, yeah. There, there's there is some of that, but it, I definitely notice that um, some things really fall off. Like right now, because I am teaching so much. Um, like my really difficult concert rep suffers, um, you, you know, um, stuff like stamina or speed, uh-huh. you know, and, and guitar is, is such an awkward instrument. I don't care what kind it is. The guitar is just a weird, it's like the saxophone of the stringed world. It just doesn't know where to go. And, and the way that, the way that we play, we have like no margin for error, right? I mean, whether you're using a pick of your fingers, you know, you get one shot, at having a good note, yeah, right. It's not like with a wind instrument or something with a bow, where you can correct the pitch as it goes along. Mm-hmm. You know, if we miss, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like error. You, you right. Know? And, uh, yeah, unless it's like an improv lead solo where you can you can bend, but yeah, or, in, your yeah, ca- yeah. in your case, you know, if you don't hit the right yeah. note, that's that's not right. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in, in classical, you know, in in a formal concert, we don't amplify. You, you know, and and so. Uh, there's like a nakedness to the quality, you know, sure. so it's very risky. And, and so the tone, that's the thing is you have basically no margin for error. Okay, you, yeah, have, yeah. You, you, you play off where the, the corner, where the nail and the finger, the flesh meets, you know, and you sort of have to play in a certain direction. If you miss in one direction or the other, then the tone is shoddy. You end up with a sort sure. of clunky sound and it doesn't project right. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I'll get more of those <laughs> if I'm not practicing like my arpeggios or my scales not not um you know really being thoughtful and practicing very slow you know, mm-hmm. lots of very very slow practice and you know, this kind of thing uh that's that's what suffers the most i think okay yeah slow slow practice is definitely very hard for me yeah metronome 
because I don't. Yeah, that's one thing I've never really practiced to. I, I don't. I'm not going to brag and say I don't have a problem with timing. I'm, I feel like I rush sometimes, but mm-hmm. I don't find myself getting way off if I don't have a metronome. So yeah. I just never. I've never really practiced a lot with one, but I know mm-hmm. it is very beneficial to do so. For me, it's like a, it's a governor, right? So it's mm-hmm. like just to keep me slow because I'll, I know. Oh I'll yeah. Just, if I, I wanted to stay slow, then I would definitely yeah. have to. Otherwise I'd find myself, this is boring and just, you know, pick it up yeah. and <laughs> yeah. speed it up a little. Yeah. And I've got attention issues, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like there's something about that click. It's like mesmerizing and I'm just doing my thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and I find other things that I enjoy about, about the sound. Ooh, excuse me. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I find other things to enjoy in the practice, like just how fat can I get the sound to be? Like just okay. how well can I connect this phrase? Yeah. So I'll I'll direct my attention in some other some other aspect of, of my playing. Uh, otherwise, I'd probably just have to be locked up or something and drive myself crazy. Yeah, or super force yourself to mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. Do you, then, do you do a lot of scale practice? I don't. I I don't do any specific yeah. practice. Like wh- whenever I get to sit down with my guitar, I just it's creative time mm-hmm. or play time. Yeah, you know, you're I, super I've, clean. I've hardly... You're you're an extremely clean guitar player. Well, thank you. But you're looking at videos of of you know like the twenty twentieth take sometimes <laughs> or whatever. Sure. Oh, but I've seen you play like you know it's just like you know horsing around. Yeah, you were yeah. just not even. You were just having fun. I was like, oh. That might have been alcohol at that, at that time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, but yeah, as far as really practicing on something, it's it's honestly it's very rare mm-hmm. these days. I just yeah. I just enjoy being able to sit down and play anything. But uh, if anything specific I've worked on in recent years would be vibrato because my vibrato sucked yeah. for a, for a long time. I just never paid attention to it. Like uh, rock and roll vibrato or the the <laughs> classical like the sharp flat. No, uh, no more rock and roll. Very, very yeah. wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, just, just trying to get a wide with, with being able to keep the control where it's not mm-hmm. too wide or just kind of in just the wrong spot, you know. Yeah. Or and that's something that I've been told to practice uh, with a metronome as far as bending, you know, back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth, hitting that same yeah. same rhythm. Yeah, really helps too. You have to have such a, a really good ear to have very good yeah to get the, sort of like the pitch more, pitch right right um, yeah no you're not just in a weird area weird mm-hmm. zone of notage yeah <laughs> you don't see a lot of that in, in classical part partly because the, the strings are so elastic sure that to really get the pitch to bend you have to move the string a lot like yeah. you have to really push that string and way you, up. that would probably that'd probably hurt that finger a little bit a little too. bit <laughs> and, but you actually you end up bending it so much that your other fingers go underneath other strings yeah <laughs> you yeah because our action is so high because uh, that's since, right since we don't have an amplifier we have to really put a lot of force on the guitar yeah with the right hand so, so we play so working high, out yeah we have high action so if you try to bend like you end up with half your hand underneath like three <laughs> strings it's, it looks ridiculous you know yeah that's kind of silly world's dumbest <laughs> guitar injury <laughs> <laughs> shave all the skin off the top of your fingers yeah uh, i of course have to ask the obvious question what age did you start playing guitar i, I was uh i think nine um yeah uh but i was playing uh, actually bass guitar at first oh, wow. for, okay. for you know and like uh we found this uh like nine it was a 1972 gibson grabber with a sliding pickup <laughs> you know we found it at a pawn shop for like 80 bucks or something and uh i didn't even have an amp but what i figured out is if I put the headstock on the wall where a stud was, 
in the corner of like a table or something maybe yeah 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 you know and so that was at at first that was my my amp so i'd like sit on my bunk bed you know with my brother up above me and i just like put the headstock there up against the wall and and play you know whatever green day or something yeah uh yeah so that's that's what i started out doing and then i I got an acoustic guitar a little later and then an electric yeah so what actually uh what or who got you started uh, it's just cheesy, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so my, my, my mom, uh, was always really into, to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> my mom's pretty young. She, she got married at 18 and had me at 20. And, uh, 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 so we, you know, our music tastes even today aren't that different. Um, but she was watching Aerosmith on VH1, uh-huh. you know, and there was Joe Perry up there with like this goofy, I think it was like a Paul Reed Smith with a silver dragon inlay in the neck, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it's like, it's just, this is like cheese on top of cheese. And, and I, I just, my eyes got big and I was like, I have to do that. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's why. That's cool. I don't, uh, that's weird. No one's ever, I don't think anyone's ever actually asked me that, but I, I think about that when, mm-hmm. whenever I ask other people, it makes me yeah. think about myself and when, when, I was just handed a guitar. Oh, it oh, was just okay. given to me and I, I hadn't really, I don't think I had any interest at all in, yeah. in playing an instrument. It was just drawing was my, was always my thing. Okay. And then once I had that guitar, I started getting in more into music, which was more like alternative at that point, you know, like Bush and Green Day and Nirvana and stuff like that. Yeah. So a little simpler in, you know, the playing. Uh, just strumming some chords or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- I guess that's what really got me started was just hearing that music and then yeah. trying to make this piece of wood with strings sound just like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then I saw a friend playing and then, you know, he taught me how to read tab, mm-hmm. the guitar tab, not music. I mean, I right. can understand numbers on the strings. That's right. a lot yeah. easier for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then once I figured that, little obstacle out you know mm-hmm. how to actually read some tabs it's an okay give me all the tabs let's let's see what we can do yeah they were um, so hard so much harder to get a hold of back then yeah it's right like really waiting difficult. for new guitar world magazine yeah, or yeah, something to come yeah. out and because i didn't have internet access for a very long time so yeah. i wasn't really i didn't have all the youtube videos and stuff like that for quite a while so yeah i graduated in high school in 2001 i, I don't think i we had a family computer until i was a freshman in high school this is 1990 four something yeah like i that. forgot what it was about the same for me i graduated in 2000 okay all right so i think we had web tv for a while oh i forgot <laughs> about web tv web tv yeah that was fun i used to like take snapshots of people on the news and catch them in like a weird face <laughs> eyes are half half closed and their mouth is all weird looking <laughs> and then send it to people the web tv <laughs> i had i think they had web tv on like like the Sega Dreamcast or something like that. You yeah. Like it, you know, for all you nerds out there, fellow nerds. <laughs> yeah. Um, was there ever a time in early years of playing that you just didn't really feel like it was fun or you got burnt out? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, f- for sure. You know, I, and you know, I think that there's a really significant part of me too. That's just a lazy person, you know? And, and, and I, I've really learned to how to deal with that. Um, most of the time, but I, I have um, my brother Chris, uh, who's who's a medical researcher now. But he he was a jazz drummer. He's younger than me, and uh, 
and he started studying drums like really uh you know uh, taking lessons and things and uh, when he was six mm-hmm. um and he was just very serious about it you know and he was always learning you know once he got into junior high he was learning all these rush tunes and uh, you yeah. know tool and all this kind of stuff and 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 he was just like come you have to come upstairs and play like i'm not doing this by myself you know <laughs> just like oh i don't want to do this right now you know i was just probably it was just being lazy you know it's not that i i necessarily didn't love it you know but yeah. i was just sort of sort of being lazy and then i think you know that there are times in music school where you know you're just you have so many demands put on you mm-hmm. that it just kind of like it can suck the life out of it right uh, you know yeah. you just get up there you know my first doctoral recital uh, you have to play three and then you have to give a dissertation lecture at the end so four total uh i i really it was weird i just had this just very detached you know feeling i'd played the exact same concert two nights before at weatherford college um but the actual recital i thought was just garbage yeah you, you know and i was just i was not happy being there you, you know mm-hmm. I, I and i don't know what it was just bad attitude just me being i don't know what what the, my problem was <laughs> you know um so th- those things happen you know um but I still get nervous. That's like my gauge as to how passionate I am about yeah, yeah. what I'm doing. Like if I'm nervous, then okay, good. I, I care. You, care. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, if I if I if I'm not nervous, it's like, well, this is not good. Yeah, there's something you, you know, can tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you ever dream of being a rock star when you were younger, or was it more of a box star? <laughs> I haven't heard that before. That's amazing. I or would it be click, Bach? Click Bach save. Star. Click save. Uh, uh, I, I I wanted to be a rock star. Honestly, you, you know when uh, is my my uh, my brother was just you know he's one of those drummers that like he's he's really funny. Like my brother's hilarious, and and being a great drummer is like being a great comedian, right? It's just it's about it's about timing. It's yeah. A, a really great drummer will do something unique. And they convince you somehow that you go, oh yeah, of course that's how it goes, you, you, you know. And you know, wh- wherever my skills were at the time, you know, being around that kind of energy, and he's also a very loud person, just sort of you know, in, uh-huh. in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, being around that kind of energy just makes you like want to just become sort of this big loud noise machine, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, uh, that that really was what I wanted to do. It, you know, um, eventually, it, you know, I just, uh, I fell in love with, with classical music. It was actually, uh, my teacher, Michael Daly, uh, he, um, showed me a recording of a guitarist, uh, Julian Bream, um, who's one of the greats. Like mm-hmm. he's still alive. He's 86, I think now, wow. um, and very retired and he lives <laughs> in the countryside, you know, up in the U- in, in the UK. Um, but he played this recording of a piece called Rusiniana Number no. One by uh, a uh, 19th century guitar virtuoso named Mauro Giuliani, He's an Italian okay. guitarist. And this guy was like the first like great guitar hero. That he even had a fan magazine about him, wow. you know, that was published out of the UK. Um, and he was kind of the you know the speed demon of the guitar at the sure. time. Um, so he wrote very difficult music and, and this piece is 15 minutes long and the entire <laughs> thing is just fireworks the whole time, you know, and, and I'm going, 
how many guitars is are yeah, going right. right now? Like, you know, and, and this is one guy doing this, and I'm going. Well, I have to do this now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I have to. Yeah, that have, is a challenge. Chew on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It that's that's tough. Um, yeah. So so when I but originally I you know I wanted bigger amplifiers and you know to, yeah the, the whole the whole thing the whole classic uh, yeah rock star oh yeah view. <laughs> I still like that though. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, how can you not like yeah. that? We've already established you're not going to make money. I mean, you know. yeah. <laughs> I guess you could. Depends yeah. on what what you play. Well, you, I feel like what I would have to play is what I kind of don't really want to play. Yeah. See, that's the thing too. You, you know, you, it's really about being happy, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether you're talking about you know knowing theory or doing it professionally or whatever it is, music is a very personal thing. Definitely. You know, and that's why people get so heated. You know, when they're talking about their favorite bands or things like this. It's almost like yeah. politics in a way, just not as awful uh um yeah. you know you just it's it's a part of you you view it like a part of your family or mm-hmm. you know so another appendage or something yeah um, you're, well, you're exposing your 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 inner self like with your uh with a band com- writing mm-hmm. writing stuff same same way you're getting too, right. you know passionate about something yeah. and whether it be a little too prideful or mm-hmm. you know you don't want to compromise your artistic view right uh, it could it could kind of hurt or or at least not let you see clearly, mm-hmm. you know, that you're at least trying to work together to, yeah. to make the, the best product, but right, yeah. don't take it personal. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that's right. And, and for, for me, even when I'm doing something, you know, a, a gig that I don't, you know, I'm not like super thrilled about, I find something, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I can enjoy. Um, and, and typically you'll have people who, even if your background, you know, wallpaper gig, as they call it, because you're wallpaper, basically, uh-huh. musical yeah, wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you'll have people who are very appreciative and that kind of thing who, who will, you know, come up and want to talk to you about some classical guitar concert they went to back in college or That's something cool. like that. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Some people out there care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are the people I want to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend, uh, JD was here yesterday and I asked him, I told him I was going to be in- interviewing a classical guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you have anything that you think would be fun to ask? And he said, ask him if he gets asked a lot if he's a cokehead <laughs> because of his nails. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure people assume it. And I've had, you know, people tease me. And if, uh-huh. every once in a while, you know, you'll get like the barista at Starbucks that's had a, new, a little bit too much of their own product. And it will just like. <laughs> say whatever comes to their mind you know and i'll go to pay you know? yeah and they're like whoa it's like oh my god your nails you got some kind of problem you know <laughs> um, sounds like you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh um but um you know usually i'll, I'll just kind of get a weird look you, you know so sure. i just kind of or, or, or uh, confused like they're trying to figure out what's like why all on? the nails like you got a bad problem <laughs> so, yeah the funny thing is because my my natural nails are very weak um and uh you know i play hard tension strings and everything and they just they just get destroyed so i actually yeah. have to go to yeah. a nail salon you oh, know, you, and they yeah. put on you know this sort of uh dip nails the real super hard permanent stuff um and i always go to the same place so i don't get questions every time i was like why does this guy want one hand <laughs> sure and why are they so long just bring yeah, a picture yeah, with yeah. you of yourself playing guitar yeah <laughs> like close that's, up that's right. yeah sometimes i'm like I'm I'm just off work, so I actually have my guitar with me, you know. So yeah, you know, yeah, I'm that guy that carries it in everywhere because he's paranoid. Um, That's okay. But mostly, it's like me in the salon with like a bunch of moms, 
You know, so like the people that work there are cool about it, but like the moms are like looking at me, you know, it's right. like, this creep. Like, yeah, I mean, if you've never been around the guitar player that utilized that or they've seen a video of it or anything, mm-hmm. they just, they could be completely clueless. And, yeah. Yeah. And you know how the mind is. You could just think of all sorts of crazy things. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you scratch kids with those? Or, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh man, I, you know, I get, my dogs like it. You know, it's a scratch. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, I've had that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right, so JD, that's there's that. Yeah. All right, let's call JD. Let's step out on a different branch. What uh, what kind of life lessons or personal struggles have you found along the way of music? Oh, that's. That's a really, a really good question, you know, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I listened to your podcast about, you know, anxiety and depression and, uh, you know, I, I've had my struggles with that, you know, and so there are, are lots of different ways that people do studies, you know, the mind or psychometrics, you know, and mm-hmm. you have things like, like personality and IQ being the two main types right. of, 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 uh, of study and and probably the most I'd say the most what they call reliable sort of study right so it's just very replicable you know across sure. time uh, and it doesn't change over your life is the there's uh, the oceans or the ocean big five traits it's um openness uh, what's it uh, is it conscientiousness extroversion what is it, the a agreeableness and neuroticism right wow. okay. um, and uh, you can take tests, uh, you know, um, and they're usually quite long. Um, and one thing that's common um, with musicians is we tend to be um, a bit high in neuroticism, which is actually the only kind of negative personality trait. Um, and the thing about it is, about this particular type of study, is um, it's it's kind of brutally honest, right? So people like to do the Myers-Briggs, which is like the INTJ or what I'm an introvert or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But that one's a little fluffy, you know, um, and it doesn't have the same consistency as, as the other one. And so when you, when you look at some, some of the personality traits that musicians tend to have, uh, you know, we tend to be very um, open and very neurotic, which is a difficult combination, right? Sure, so yeah. One, one of the traits of being neurotic under this sort of scheme is, uh, you know, having a difficult time dealing with people who have opposite opinions of you than you right. on, on a particular subject. You yeah. know, it could be yeah. music, right? This is mm-hmm. the sort of band inner infighting, you know, sure. this sort of legendary thing, for, for example. Um, but if you're also open, then you kind of in an environment where you're just going to have lots of opinions, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, learning this about myself, you, you know, and, and I and I just observe it in my own behavior, you know, when I sort of took this test, I kind of go, well, this, yeah, this is quite clear. Like, I, you know, I can just think of rea- uh, interaction after interaction where, you know, this kind of uh, bugged me, replaying conversations, that kind of thing. Right. And then, you know... Uh, really struggling with um, chemical imbalance too, especially when I was younger. You know, I'd say really through my twenties, and you know, you kind of go through um, the the psychiatrist loop, and they put you on lots of different medication and that kind of thing, and and you know that can be really tough. You know, because sure. it's not an exact science, and so you can feel like uh, a bit like a guinea pig. You mm-hmm. know, 
Um, and I've, I've learned, you know, ways of, of sort of dealing with, with these things for my, myself. But one of my main concerns has really been with, for my students. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, because myself and other college educators have noticed that there's been a very sharp uptick in students, um, coming to us with concerns about depression and anxiety and uh you know so i started kind of looking into you know what what's going on here like you know what what is this how can i help my students how can i help myself you know that kind of thing yeah you know there's lots of common sense things like don't get around toxic people you know people who you know bully you or or you know they they are uh, what was it it's a popular term, gaslighting. I guess they say, mm-hmm. you know, so sort of making you question your own sanity. Yeah, um, probably a little overused term, um, but yeah. you know, effective. I guess is, sure. is good good enough. And and you know, trying to come up with good solutions that you know aren't on the poles of of the solutions, right? So you get on one absurd end, you have you know, suck it up, Buttercup, right? Right. right. <laughs> and then on the other end, you have this sort of overprotective coddling side yes you know and i, I belong to a, a an academic organization called heterodox academy uh which is a collection of professional academics there's about 2500 of us across the globe um and you know the, the organization's dedicated to a viewpoint diversity right so it's diversity based on you know your your various it could be political philosophical you know whatever just sort of collecting um people who, who want to have a thoughtful discussion about yeah. difficult subjects. And uh, one of the founders is this, uh, he's a professor of uh, social psychology at NYU named Jonathan Haidt. And he, they put, he put out a book with um, Greg Lukianoff, who's mm-hmm. a Stanford uh, law grad and did some work with the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties mm-hmm. uh, Union. He had gone through a suicidal depression and was hospitalized, Lukianoff right. had. And so he became concerned with, with trying to help people avoid this this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, so they, they put out this book called the uh, it's called Coddling of the American Mind. Mm-hmm. What uh, what is it? Good intentions and how good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for I, failure. I think, I think something like is, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty and sure it's in my Amazon queue. I haven't. I have it, to read more books it's, first. <laughs> it's it's great, you know. And he's he's one of these guys who's you know really become well-known i think he was on like joe rogan's podcast mm-hmm. at one point and it's really and he's very you know gentle spoken person and right. uh, you know and, and very thoughtful and very kind um but pointing out some things that you know i i found myself doing you, you know uh that that kind of that aggravate you know sort of depressed states you know mm-hmm. and uh, they're sort of they're called cog- uh, uh, cognitive distortions it's right. things like um, catastrophizing, right? So, uh, one thing that young people uh, have kind of fallen into, and really the colleges have not helped, is um, safetyism, right? So, the the idea that you know certain viewpoints are being exposed to certain viewpoints, even if they're terrible, actually affects their safety, mm-hmm. right? Um, where you know and, and saying things that you know this is very hot button kind of stuff like speech is violence for example right right um where you're you're taking yeah i mean speech can be horrible you know and hateful and bullying and all that kind of stuff but yep. and it can lead to violence right mm-hmm. but but is speech violence well no 
It, you know, right. it, I mean, it, that's that's called concept creep. It's where you're sort of you have basically the ideas. You know, maybe you say that speech is harassing, but you don't get the effect from the people around you right. that you want. So you intensify the language mm-hmm. and you use another concept. You creep onto another concept. In this case, violence. Right. Where we have great, really effective language. You know, we have, you do have verbal assault. You have, Mm -hmm. you have uh, uh, bullying. There's, there's very useful language that, that is, is specific, you know, and lets people know what the problem is. But it becomes this situation where now we have students who are very young that are record, uh, that are reporting and being diagnosed with PTSD because of things like this. Right. Because they, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's really, um, become a big problem and and the numbers don't lie so right right now uh with young uh with young women there's a 70 70 percent increase in uh rates of anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and young men it's 30 Mm percent and you know some people the argument is made that um that's we've gotten better at measuring it right so or people are more comfortable about talking about it but that's false and and the reason we know that's false is because the suicide rate has gone up in tandem with it at the right. same same rate which right. is a obviously death is a hard objective measure mm-hmm. <laughs> you yep. know um so you know learning to avoid these sort of cognitive distortions like um um and us for us versus them thinking you know is right. sort of the world is made up of good people and bad people and mm-hmm. you're one or the other you yeah. know yeah. And, uh, dichotomous thinking you know that kind of thing um uh social media they think is a big driver of this uh especially with with young women um they're they're noticing that girls boys tend to bully each other physically in person yeah and and right. and, and, and and i think don't think this is a surprise to anybody uh girls bully each other on instagram and places like that yeah you know so you definitely see guys doing that but i can yeah no gr- that's girls for sure. are are i seem seem to me uh not as confrontational in person yeah certainly guys would be yeah i mean guys like to get in fist fights mm-hmm. which is not good yeah <laughs> you, you know yeah because what, uh, what are you going to improve digitally you know it's always about you know all right well let's go meet up then you know it always leads to that right. you never see girls uh well yeah. i don't really <laughs> like arguing and then saying okay well meet me at the whatever yeah it, it, and it, they get into in in the book in the coddling they, they really get get into that and one of the things they observed is you know once young people started getting a hold of cell phones and social media once Facebook went all the way down to what is it age 13 or something yeah, like that now so. yeah, um, that that boys in all the studies they, they they did the same thing on their phone basically that they were doing on TV they're playing video games primarily mm-hmm. right and you can bully someone in a video game you know yeah the talk back features and functions and stuff like that but 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 girls were socializing more you know in, in terms of just like Right. Some sort of dialogue, uh, and um, you know, you can't prove exactly that that's the cause, right? You, it's all correlation, mm-hmm. right? But you can have enough correlational data gathered where you can make you can make an assumption, and it's not an absurd one, right? Yeah. So, so um, you know, for me as an adult and being, you know, I'm like the earliest millennial possible, right? So I'm 1982. Um, you know, you and I were there when the internet happened, really, mm-hmm. for for uh, for people. But in the new generation, the iGen, this is the first. They're they're in college now, and they're entering the workforce, right? So these are yeah. could 
possibly be, you know, our children, you know, I mean, I would be super young dad, but, uh, you know, they, they are in a completely new environment. Yeah. And so trying to help, you know, these young people deal with this kind of stuff has been, I think, a big part of where my teaching has gone apart from, of course, the guitar stuff, but like in terms of like career counseling and, and that kind of yeah, that kind of thing. Right. Being more, I guess, personable to mm-hmm. not just, just 100% focusing on your hands playing this, mm-hmm. this note or this shape, you know, act- right. actually digging a little deeper into yeah. who you're teaching and what their goal is and yeah. make sure that they're on the right path. And yeah. And it, and it falls and it goes right into guitar playing as well, you know, because there, there is a thing, that happens with musicians who get in that kind of environment in the academic environment where you're having to practice all the time. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't practice, you feel really guilty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody else is practicing right now. <laughs> <laughs> lots of people. Are yeah. Practicing yeah right lots now. of people. Right. Yeah. You know, all the it, people that you see on YouTube or whatever that you think, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and my, my students, they get really down about it. I go, I go, look, you know, you had to work, you have to make a living. You know, I have lots of students that have no support from their family whatsoever. And, and I go, look, you cannot be obsessed with this as fast as, you know, he can play over here. This person you're comparing yourself to, I will show that person a video of a seven-year-old South Korean girl who can play it faster and cleaner. Yeah. You know, right, right. You know so you just have to, you have to Stay learn humble. to manage your expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you set, you want to set goals, but they have to be reasonable goals. Otherwise, you're just going to self-punish. Of course. You, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to practice for eight hours tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, you got like pay for your health insurance and stuff too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you have to be sane. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably. I, can, I think I went way in a big loop <laughs> to answer okay. your question. Um, uh, but it's something that's been been on on my uh, on my radar a lot lately, and yeah. especially in in you know the, this sort of very divisive political climate and that kind of thing. The dichotomous thinking, I think, is one of the really common things yeah. I used to see, especially at university. You know, um, it, it, it's it's the 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 us and them thing is very powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, I had. Uh, this is kind of a, a tough story, but it's worth it's worth hearing. Um, I had a student who's actually um, he was just a private student, one one college student um, in his sixties, um, and I was playing through his lesson for him, and uh, uh, he starts crying in the lesson. I'm going, oh, what did I? I mean, maybe maybe it was really good, <laughs> or maybe I, what did I did I do? And it turned out that he had. Uh, I played something that reminded him of something, uh, some uh, music that his father would play for him recordings. Oh, wow. You know? And his father had passed away, just had, it, it had just passed away. And this was right after the last presidential election. Well, his, his siblings um, found out that he had voted for Donald Trump. And they disinvited him from Thanksgiving and Christmas. And in the intervening time, both of his parents passed away. So he didn't see his parents oh, at Thanksgiving or Christmas. That's brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And, you know, and this guy, nice guy, devoted, you know, uh, uh, honorable profession, we'll say. Very, very kind, you know, um, uh, voted the way he did for his own reasons. But he is now going to have that torture, you know, for the rest of his his, his life. And, and it was kind of that, I think, was probably the moment, you know, where I where I was like, 
this is getting this is bad you, you know and i started seeing you know you know young people behaving this way and not just because of who someone voted for it could be any number of things sure you know? yeah and you see it on facebook all the time you know friendships that you know that go back decades they just explode and you know yeah. on facebook right in front of everyone right you know and it's like, mm. yeah and that's that's the th- it's everything is out in the open that's mm-hmm. that's what it is i mean I, I we could probably say and see and actually scale a lot of the things that have that have increased or decreased over over time and you can correlate it with social media or whatever mm-hmm. um but uh, or or you couldn't, I guess. But you still wouldn't be exposed to so many things that are happening, so many arguments, so many uh, disputes and disagreements mm-hmm. between just you know random people or family or whatever. Right. You, I mean, you would have no idea if you weren't on Facebook. Yeah, you know, not, not even just social. Like if you were on Instagram and Twitter, yeah. you still might not know what's going on because you're missing out on Facebook. You know, it's yeah. just. It's so weird. The mm-hmm. I guess that's like the trifecta. Yeah, right now. yeah, it is. You know, that, well, and and people like I, I really I warn my students that I go employers are going to look at your social media. That is so dangerous. Like I, it, to think about, like you said, thirteen mm-hmm. on Facebook. I mean, it's it's there. It's there forever. Right. Yeah. For anyone to see. And people, you know, there's there's all kinds of the Wayback Machine and all kinds of stuff that people can go and find stuff you've deleted. You yeah. know. Right. And uh, you, you know, and just getting it's just and the thing about it is we don't understand like what these mediums select for you know like it could mm-hmm. in terms of like they could be selecting for people who are just in a bad mood you know at that time yeah, at the, yeah. like that person may have had a rotten day you know they may have gotten in a fight with their spouse or whatever and and they just it's so easy and you feel safe because you're you're in your home you sort of have this this yep. sort of this artificial you know, this is sort of edifice, you know, that's, that's, it's like, it's like a weird version of road rage or something, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, uh, it, it, it just drives, I think it drives not it, particularly positive character aspects, but it also, mm-hmm. we, it like encourages us to read people's opinions or some words they say in the least charitable way possible. Yeah. You know, somebody will say something and maybe it's not particularly articulate or whatever, but, or maybe even it is articulate doesn't matter and and people will just read it in the worst possible light yeah however they want to you know and right if that person has a following and they expose it or or put it out there that way everybody's going to automatically think of it the same way and then they're going to you know just right be out for blood for whatever reason or yeah try to get somebody fired or yeah there's just crazy people that get like they'll say something kind of stupid you know fine and then he'll go viral. And all of a sudden, this person who had never, they were like, five minutes ago, they were at Starbucks, you yeah. know, like on a break from, you know, their office job. And now they are the world's biggest racist. They're going to be fired. And they're going to get they're fired. They're going to go back to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from, from getting coffee and then going back to the office. You've already been canned because, right. you know, well, you've got five million shares on this thing that somebody just took a video right. of you yeah. cussing yeah. out uh, the barista or whatever. Yeah, you know, and, and and for the longest time, you know, we everyone says things that don't they just don't come out right. I'm not saying just like flatly saying some bigoted comment. I mean, you just you yeah. say something, it just comes out completely. I mean, have you never had an argument where you felt like almost immediately felt like, I I don't even mean that. Like, why did I even say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and 
Oh yeah, but but that moment is stamped in time. You know, mm-hmm. if if you're doing it digitally, it's it's just yeah. it's there forever. I said stupid stuff three years ago that I delete when I come. You know, it comes up on my memories. You know, not, not it, something yeah. offensive. It's just it's more embarrassing mm-hmm. or that's not that doesn't reflect my view anymore. Right, it's trash. Get rid of it. Yeah, you know. So I can't imagine a 13, 14, 15 year old what in the hell that they might say, and then you know <clears throat> seven, eight years later. They're trying to get into politics or you know yeah. government or something, and or then, just get a guitar. Well, job. when you were fourteen, <laughs> you said Sally's you know, boobs were small, or you know something dumb, you know, and right, and it'll just get yeah. amplified. And right, I don't know, and I don't know. I mean, something is got to give at some point. I think we're going to hit some sort of breaking point. I don't know if it's going to be bad or, or okay or what. But yeah, it's it's hard to say. We just. We don't, you know, we, we, we're not built to communicate with each other like this in such large groups. I mean, mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, as a species, humans, en masse, we've only been reading for and writing for 500 years. I mean, there's been obviously for thousands of years, but that was mostly elites that could. So, so just common people, just our ability right. to communicate in writing, you know, at, you know, where the majority, you know, at least the majority can can do so. I mean, that's a really short period of time. Yeah, it, you know, and so to to think that we can communicate really complex and important ideas, whether it's religion or philosophy or politics or something, you know, in some short thing where people can't see our facial cues, they don't understand. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, I bumped this. Yeah. Um, they don't understand really where we're coming from. Maybe they're just sort of acquaintances that friend requested us yeah you know? right right, right. Yeah, yeah um yeah i think about that as when i post stuff you know thinking some random person's gonna see it and they don't know my humor or uh-huh. my personality yeah. and you know that's why i try not to do that kind of stuff anyway at least not anymore it's just <clears throat> more I, I type out more things and delete them more than i actually post or share yeah, yeah that, that my, my my wife does that is kind of like her she'll get mad you, you know and she'll do something and she just does it just to get it out of her brain and then she's she's white she's very smart about this kind of stuff and she, she just deletes it oh yeah, yeah. She, she never I'll do the puts, same thing it, there. it actually feels pretty good once you've i mean i've spent 15 minutes typing a comment you know on something that not i was offended by but it was more of can you stop being so upset mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe do a 180 try, try to look at it from Right. The other person's view. I mean, that, that's all. I'm not even saying you're wrong, right? You know, but it's 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 usually that. And then when I get done, I think they're not even gonna. They're they're so upset. They're not. They're gonna just. This is just gonna make them more mad, you right? Know? And they're 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 not gonna pay attention to what I'm trying to say in a mm-hmm. calm way because they're gonna assume that I'm telling them what to do, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just not gonna go over right. Yeah, yeah. It's but it, it does feel good to type it out and get it out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I should probably try try that, but I, I've I've stopped engaging on Facebook, so. I use Facebook more as a publisher uh, now. Um, I put stuff onto my professional guitar mm-hmm. page, um, and then I'll, uh, you know, because you can download that Pages app. Yeah, you know, right. then I'll repost it th- through that app to right. to to my my personal thing because you know, if, if you have a professional page, the only people that really see it are the ones that already follow it. So sure. I'll post it back over. Um, uh, I do a little bit talk about some issues on Twitter, um, but it's more, more has to do with research stuff um, and trying to convince people to listen to each other and be charitable. Sure. That's, that's mostly, or just guitar 
things. Yeah. <laughs> or pictures of my two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> or food. And uh, if you're trying to back a fact or mm-hmm. emphasize uh, the science behind something mm-hmm. versus I want to be Republican or I want to mm-hmm. be a Democrat, you know, right. versus an opinion that that you can still feel as strongly and, and uh, you know, feel it as truth, solid truth, just right. as you know that this scientific experiment here just showed that this is truth. You think, well, the Republican is truth. or right. It's so weird that people, people atta- yeah. attach themselves to an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm just throwing politics in there because it's such a big thing that everybody right. argues about. But, um, it, yeah, just sharing facts can uh-huh. still be one way or the other. You're right. like, well, how do you know that that's mm-hmm. true? Or where did you get that research from or whatever? And right. Why do you have to get bombarded by people just because you want to share something you know that you think is uh this is cool this is a cool experiment yeah somebody has to put a negative spin on it or say it's bullshit (laughs) yeah yeah that's it's so common it's 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 a really big problem and i think that the funny thing so my you know my and my family at large we're politically unaffiliated you know i think Mm -hmm. once upon a time in a past generation they they were Republican, um, but like my grandfather and his brother were both scientists. My my mm-hmm. his brother was on the Manhattan Project um, oh, wow. when he was nineteen, and uh, and my grandfather was a geologist and uh, petroleum engineer and inventor and that kind of thing. And and then uh, before he died, was more into sort of helping with um, renewable energy sources okay. and that yeah. kind of kind of thing. And 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 we were just and and they were uh, you know. A, sort of German descent and and with that attitude was it was like really hefty skepticism and I think you know if my grandfather were alive today he would be politically unaffiliated and he was really that's the way he was I would say for the most part uh, at least his attitudes um, when uh, when he passed away in 2011 um, but my family by and large you know we, we're, we're we're unaffiliated and part of it is you know uh, with the parties, they have a whole platform. You know, there's this whole raft of issues. I I don't agree with anybody on that many issues at once, much less to, an entire group of to, people. You know, to link onto one side or the other, you know, with confidence. Right. Yeah. And there's there's a actually a really great book by the same uh, Jonathan Haidt right. that I've kind of uh, just you know skimmed a bit. Um, I I really should ought, ought to read the, the whole thing, but I've heard him talk about it. It's called The Righteous Mind. Oh right, right. Yeah, and, and he digs into into this idea he actually you know he's he's a democrat he's voted democrat his, his whole life and he's very open about that but he started writing that book to help the obama campaign in i think 2008 mm-hmm. but as he because he's an honest person and an honest social scientist he you know as he started to study this he he saw that there were traits that were identical uh-huh. between these two groups that personality things that caused them to dig in to uh, into these parties, right. you know, and, and it was every bit as strong a driver as whatever they felt about, I don't know, climate change or gun mm-hmm. control or any of these hot button kind of, kind of issues. Yeah. And I think if people would just understand this thing, this phenomenon, we, we could, we could start to view each other a little bit more charitably and, and have discussions that were more productive. Yeah. Right. Know? It's such a, a, a knee jerk reaction of, mm-hmm. Once you find out that someone has latched on to something, you just almost can't help to cast judgment or, oh, well, they must 
they must think this or mm-hmm. they must think that. Right. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't like doing that, but it's, it's just almost like a subconscious thing that you've been programmed to do because right. that's just how it, everything is all the mm-hmm. time. You know, you're either this or you're either that or yeah. like you say unaffiliated and then that gets judged, you know, in itself. Yeah. You, you know, and, and I mean, I vote, you know, I just don't ever say for whom right. I, I vote, you know, and part of that also is because I'm, I'm a teacher and I don't want to alienate any of my students. Right. Right. I, I don't want, I, I want to help my students learn how to think, not what to think. And, mm-hmm. and I don't want to try to create little carbon copies of myself. Cause it, you, you ever see that <laughs> the movie, uh, multiplicity, man, I don't think I ever saw the whole thing, but it's been forever since I have seen any of it. Yeah. That's with uh, uh, Michael Keaton. Right? Yeah. You know, he's got all the clones of himself. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, the clones, like, don't want to do the yard work, so they make a clone of a clone, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, they find him, and he's like, got a hammer, and he's hitting a board that it doesn't have a nail on. He's got a boot on his head. You know, yeah. he's, he's wearing, like, like swimming goggles, <laughs> you, you know? Right. Like, I feel like if I'm going to try to push my ideology onto a bunch of young people, That's... I'm going to have a bunch of, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- kids with boots on their heads, ideologically, you know, with, with the goggles and hammering, you know, yeah. a board with no nail. Failed science experiment. Yeah, not good, you know. And I just, it's just not, it's not fair to do that to a young yeah. person, you know. So, you know, just yeah, because they're you know the cliche sponge. Yeah, they are a sponge. They really are a sponge. Yeah. They will absorb so much, and you don't want them absorbing. I mean, something that they they can't understand yet, you know, because it might just completely alter their path in life to somewhere that doesn't make any sense yeah I, I yeah i'm not you know i'm just not i'm just smart enough to know that i don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's tough because i mean you do want to you want to be able to talk about these difficult issues and take a stance it's not that you're not taking a stance it, you're just mm-hmm. sort of learning like when is taking a stance actually making some sort of difference yeah you know? and mostly it's just voting Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, ultimately, I mean, you can do maybe some other things here and there, but you know, uh, th- that that's really uh, th- at least that's how I feel, you know. So so I do that, and then I don't go about you know trying to create little clones of myself or yeah. whacking people with you know the I don't know Constitution or whatever, right? <laughs> you know, I'm just not. I, in, I guess that would in kind that. of go in the same direction as coddling too in a way where you know they they're gonna have to make some mistakes or right. maybe they'll have to learn this a different way than mm-hmm. what i'm thinking that they should learn it this way you know yeah you know when like you want to care for people like you want yeah. to care for these students and these young people you know but you don't want to uh who was it um i think he was it was a video that went viral i think actually obama said something similar recently but uh van jones from CNN, he's a CNN mm. reporter, you, you know, and, and this clip, I think, regardless of where anybody was on the political spectrum, you know, they, they agreed with it, you know, unless you're on the extremes, you mm-hmm. know, right. um, and he said, you know, he was out of college, and he said, you're at the gym right now, I am not going to take the weights out of the gym, like, I don't want them, you know, you're, you're here to learn, and, and you're not here to be comfortable, right, this isn't a spa, yeah, of course, you know, uh, and you're gonna, you're going to. If if there's any place on Earth where we should talk about difficult and even pot- potentially terrible ideas, it should be in a university because there there ought to be at least in the university the kind of minds that would be there to challenge them in public. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And and 
you know, because if they aren't challenged in the university, then those ideas they don't disappear. It's not like it's not like you know uh, the the end scene and nightmare on elm street <laughs> you know it's like it's don't look at it and it'll fall through the you know he ended up coming back and yanking the mom through the door in the window anyways yeah. you know so maybe that's a little more poignant than i, than I originally thought uh, <laughs> uh but i but, get it but you know th- those those ideas will just go elsewhere where, yeah. where you can't see them grow you mm-hmm. know you have no idea what's happening yeah you know so uh, i i definitely I definitely, definitely fall on, on the side of, of um, helping students become resilient, you know, mm-hmm. um, which in, in and of itself has been, uh, it's a term that's become sort of demonized, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I it, mean. It's, it's still, it's not tough it. enough buttercup, right? It's, right, right. It's about becoming that, you know, Nassim Taleb, you know this guy, he wrote the Black Swan Um he, he he's he's a pretty disagreeable fellow actually, but he's very brilliant. He's sort of polymath and uh, teaches all kinds of things, ling- linguistics. But he's I think he's a he's an expert on r- risk management at some university. And, and Nassim Nicholas Nassim Taleb. Anyways, he coined this term anti fragile, which is um, you have things that are like a, a plastic cup, right? So you drop it, it doesn't break. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get better, right? It's still just yeah. a plastic cup. Yeah. You have a glass cup, you drop it, it breaks, it's worse, right? It's just fragile. Mm-hmm. But then you have certain things like your immune system, for example, that the more they get exposed to difficult things, yeah. Yeah. the stronger they become, mm-hmm. right? Now, it, that doesn't mean you expose an infant to cholera. <laughs> you know, right. it's not, you know, so it's, again, it's not toughen up buttercup. It's It's more sensible than that, but... But in a pl- in a space like a college or a university, you know that is that that is a place where you can introduce difficult ideas mm-hmm. in a controlled way, right? Right. And right. You can it makes say, sense too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but there are you know uh, there are concerted efforts to to uh, to not allow that. You know, mm-hmm. um, Fire.org, for example, which is this. Uh, they sort of track kind of what's going on on college campuses. They'll they, they've reported 379 attempts to have speakers disinvited from a university right. since 2000. It's ridiculous. And 47 were successful. Um, yeah, it is ridiculous. I mean, and, I'm, I'm not. I don't know who all that they rejected, so it might not be ridiculous for some. Some, yeah. I mean, it's just sort but, of neo-Nazi. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but for it's, some people, yeah. it's just what? Why? Right. Yeah. For some people, it's it, it is a little bit a little bit extreme, and you know, they're people they're people that I totally disagree with. You know, but mm-hmm. I I you know, it's like listen listen to another perspective you know and then yeah. and then once you hear it out then yeah mm-hmm. definitely don't like it yeah it's <laughs> definitely like, don't like this, this is person. just as bad as i thought it you know was. Yeah. yeah just let them let them expose themselves um you yeah. know and if you like it you do if you don't you mm-hmm. don't and sure because you you have the freedom to voice your opinion that you don't like it so mm-hmm. why can't they voice their opinion on whatever it is that they have an opinion right on? You like don't guitar, have to listen man. to it. Just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like guitar. Either you can play or you can't. Right. Right. You know. It's like like put 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 the guy on stage, and you know, and and we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's either it's it's terrible or it's not. You know. It's um, just a weird. I don't know. Weird time. We're 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 yeah. just. It's this is part of the evolution, I guess. Of, yeah. We are in an adaptive bottleneck of some sort. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and, and it's very uh, it's it's very curious mm-hmm. to see what's what's going to happen. What? <laughs> yeah, and in all of our cultures, we we're just all communicating like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we don't know how to deal with that. Yep, that's never happened before. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like and, I said, you're just aware of so much stuff that maybe you don't even need to be aware of. It does you no good. Might right. do you more harm to be right. aware of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, I've definitely caught myself consuming too much bad news. Sure. Uh, you know, it's like there are atrocities going on in the world, and it's fine. You, you, I mean, it's, it's it's like don't. I'm not saying be oblivious, but you don't have to listen to 15 minute news loop. Yeah. Right. And yeah. just. I mean, it, it's good to know what's going on in the world, and also to remind yourself that you are uh, maybe a, a very fortunate person, <clears throat> and maybe you think that you aren't, but mm-hmm. when you see how other people are living, what they're having to deal with, and right. it's just kind of a slap in the face. Yeah. Like, why are you upset about the little stuff? Yeah. Well, you know, and you'll probably find this interesting. That this just happened actually uh, in Texas. Um, so we have this new a new rule. And so we have what's called Title IX. I don't know if you've heard of this, but t- Title IX is something that's uh, you know adopted across the United States uh, in higher education. It has to do with things like uh, helping um, victims of sexual assault, for example. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's mostly ha- having to do with vulnerable populations and that kind of thing, uh, pe- disabled people, people from minority groups, you know, that kind of thing. You know, and and there's there's a, a lot of things in there that are that are great. You know, in Texas, because of the whole, you know, Baylor thing that happened. And if you're listening and you don't know what that is, I, it's pretty rough. I'd just say, Google it. Um, uh, we now as educators, we've done an overcorrection. And I, and I say that very carefully, um, because now with the rules, um, if a student mentions that they had a situation like this to me, I have to report it to someone, and if I don't, I'm fired on the spot, and I will be brought up on misdemeanor charges. Even if, even if the student begs me not to, even if it was something that happened to them in like 1985, and that person had actually been convicted and gone all to prison and everything. Yeah, so so that's the rule. Like you, you have to do this. So I, I, and we have to put it in our syllabus even. For the class, oh my God. right? So, so I've had to tell my students, if you tell me any kind of abuse, you cannot confide in me specifically, sure, because yeah. I have to go and report it, mm-hmm. or I, even if I, if it's possible that I overheard it in the hallway, <laughs> you're reliable, somehow. yeah, absolutely, and they can prove that I heard it, then I can be fired and then brought up on misdemeanor charges. Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty heavy. That's brand new. That's brand new. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I don't know I, if you, I, you knew you were going to bring in a classical guitarist and get this subject, <laughs> these no, heavy the, subjects the more, coming up. The more subjects, the better, but yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, imagine me. I'm, I'm just a guitar player, man. Like, I didn't know that I was going to be getting, you know, that. Yeah. I, you know, obviously teaching in college, I expect, you know, a certain amount of paperwork and turning in grades and mm-hmm. and of course teach uh, trying to teach well and and treating my students with respect and all of that you know um all of the things you hear about in the news that you know if you're not t- you're not in that field you're not in a field that's very politically you know because i'm talking about public schools really that's very politically controlled you know it's a government job yeah you know 
then you you just you never notice it, right? You, it just doesn't show up on your radar. Mm-hmm. Not until you know the students or whomever they graduate and they end up being your employee or something like that. Right? Yeah. Then then you know it, it could get complicated, I guess. You know if 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 the the policies were to affect them in a negative way. Yeah. You know, but it, the thing about it that that is the most difficult for me is that uh, I think. Um, students might be less likely if they are being, uh, you know, victimized in some way and they need to tell somebody and maybe I'm the only person that they have a one-on-one experience with. They are far less likely, I think, to tell me because they know that I have to tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. If you know that it's not, it's going to continue further than who you're telling it to, definitely going to think twice about that. Right. I would. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's tough. That That's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because of course I want, if a student were to confide in me on something, I'd want to support them however is appropriate and within the boundaries that they set up. Yeah. You, you know, um, uh, but, the, but, you know, be, because of something definitely terrible that happened at Baylor, you know, we really sort of overcorrected and, and created maybe a situation where people will actually be more quiet about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can see that. You know, and, and depending on the person, yeah. And so, with this sort of things like this and cancel culture, mm-hmm. I'm just afraid people will start. They will start doing like preference falsification and that kind of thing, like lying about their preferences in terms yeah. of politics or religion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you don't actually know the person you're talking to. Yeah, you know, that's a bad. You know, if we can communicate and we're supposed to be so connected, that's a far from connected as you can be. Yeah. You know, if you're pretending to be something you're not, it's just best not to lie about anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it really, I mean, anymore at all. Yeah. Uh, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> everything's being recorded. Everything's being videotaped. That's, that's everything. Right. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is listening to us right now through yeah. my phone. I think I have all my apps closed, but they're still listening. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it, it Somebody's doesn't. listening. And then that somebody is giving it to somebody that's, else. That's somebody else that's, has. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We are all doomed. Yeah. So, you know, but <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out eventually. I mean, we'll, sure. have, we'll have to, you know, yeah. so, so something, it may get worse, you know, yeah. uh, for a little, for a little while, but people don't put up with worse for very long. Mm-hmm. You know, even the most oppressive regimes have fallen. Yeah. And so if the, if the, what, what is it? Carl Jung said, um, I'm totally going to butcher this. Something along the lines of, you know, distortions or lies basically will play themselves out in reality as fate. And, mm. you know, so, so if you basically, if you're lying, you know, and you're, you're distorting reality and, uh, if you're distorting, I mean, obviously no one has the ability to actually distort reality. So it will play right. itself out. I got you in, in the world as if it were fate. Yes. It, it, you know, um, that's, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, Carl Jung was an interesting guy. <laughs> uh, For whatever reason, I, maybe it's the way you worded it. It reminded me of the uh, Gladiator movie. So, what you do in life echoes in eternity. Oh yeah, something That's like a good that. Movie. I like yeah. that movie. Uh, do you foresee or hope uh, for any specific things coming into play in the future? Like, I don't know, performing somewhere specific or something not even music related, or uh, new business or travel. Yeah, you, you know, I I am uh, I just recently got hired as the uh, managing director of the Fort Worth Classical Guitar Society, which is one of the larger ones in the in, in the country. 
Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm working with them on, you know, sort of developing deeper relationships with the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do concerts in Dallas and Fort Worth. You can check us out, guitarsociety.org, you know, and see, we bring in all the, the, the big names in classical guitar. Awesome. But also we're doing program outreach programs in public schools and title one okay uh specifically you know for kids uh you know in, in sort of economically difficult areas and in, in, in the fort worth isd um and we're always looking to expand um so I'm, i've just recently been, been hired to do that and then i got the flu for like two weeks and so, <laughs> so it's it, it that's everything's been delayed um uh so that's on on the horizon um i'm gonna be doing um my first public concert in uh, like actual concert concert on, uh-huh. on performance stage at Southwestern. Um, uh, it's either going to be in uh, late March, early April. And I'm, I'm actually splitting the concert with this. Absolutely. This pianist, uh, uh, Tatiana Karyagina, mm-hmm. uh, who's like Thor's hammer, you know, I mean, she <laughs> plays a, a Steinway grand piano, like her hands weigh two tons. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm really intimidated. Yeah. And then we're going to do some duos. We're going to do guitar, awesome, awesome. guitar and harpsichord stuff that was, was written, uh, in the sort of early part of the 20th century. Um, cool. we're going to do some of that. Um, and, uh, a- apart from that, you know, my little girl's going to be in pre-K next year. Yeah. So that's going to be nice, you know, for, for her, lots of kids to play with and nice for us. Cause she'll, you know, have some place to go and yeah, Courtney and I can be take a little break. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little scary, you know, but yeah, but, of but, course. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, uh, just trying to, I'm going to be doing a lot of recruiting for my program at Southwestern. Um, you know, uh, got a good strong studio now, but got, you know, I, I have room, you know, we're, we're building a guitar lab there, you know, so oh, I had a meeting, cool. uh, on Thursday, uh, this past Thursday, where he goes, well, we want to buy you like eight guitars, you know, uh, we'll get a couple of electrics and maybe about, you know, maybe six to eight acoustics. You know, like, what do you want, you know, in here? And I went, are you asking me this question seriously? Like, I, I, I just like got a giant smile on my face. I was like, I get to pick out like eight, ten guitars. <laughs> yeah. so just have, it's a just have like here? have to. I can play with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that's pretty exciting stuff, you know, yeah, to, to, it's very cool to be able to offer to the students there. And it's a nice school, you know, the music school is really a beautiful music school. And they, we have like 80 Steinway pianos wow. and I've got one in my office and I, you know, I don't really play wow. <laughs> piano. Yeah. Let me have one. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's totally crazy. I'm like, wow, this is, y'all, y'all have like a room. There's someone here. Not, <laughs> Not even, you know, they're just waiting for somebody you know, right. to play. Um, uh, you know, so so you know, I'm I'm a bit spoiled, like you know, in that regard. So you know, I want I want so to be able to share that that uh, those resources with some young people, you know, yeah, who who are excited about the guitar. Right, right. You know? I remember when I had when I actually had the time to practice and mm-hmm. and uh, play guitar and not have to worry about work and mm-hmm. yeah, the typical <laughs> life stuff that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's a fun time, you know. And I was, uh, I was able to enjoy that by having the equipment there that I needed, and you know, just I don't know, mm-hmm. just being able to have that because not everybody does have that. Right. I got grounded for my guitar one time, and I uh-huh. put my uh, my dad took the strings off, <laughs> and I put fishing, 
wire, like fishing lure I, string yeah, on it. Yeah. <laughs> Two different types. So I could have the, uh-huh. you know, like a thicker and the thinner. You Work, know, worked out pretty well. Classical guitar. Uh, some some similar, makes right? some makes it are actually that yeah no wow. I forget who who the manufacturer was but they like people are like they found out you know so there's like buying rolls of, oh, wow. of fishing you know great yeah, yeah it's just like <laughs> beat the system wholesale man you know it's like I'm not paying your prices right <laughs> cut them custom length and everything yeah. yeah that's that's right that's crazy. Yeah, that's how obsessed I was, and uh, you know, like having the mm-hmm. having the stuff to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I searched around looking for random things I could I could hide, and I thought those are clear. I can't really <laughs> see those. Doesn't look like there's strings on here. Maybe I'll just try that. <laughs> it sounded like garbage. You can hardly hear it. It's just right. I was just trying to keep my fingers, you uh-huh. know, together. Like, uh, how, how like I actually cared about practicing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just wanted to play. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't even know. Uh, 17 16 mm-hmm. maybe 16 15 i don't even yeah. know something like that I'm trying to remember if i got i didn't get in trouble once and i think i got grounded from my guitar megadeth was doing an album signing mm-hmm. in dallas and so i had this washburn it wasn't a very a nice it was like an intro entry level washburn and so i took it there for them to sign you know and and uh it was like a whole waiting in line and all this kind of stuff and then i realized like i still want to play this guitar yeah you know <laughs> So I like sweated all the names off right. the signatures right off of it, you know, and they were like, like we went to all this effort like to take you down there and get all this done, and you know, and now they're gone. <laughs> like, like what have you done to you know? It's an experience. <laughs> like, and my brother wore a Metallica shirt, you know, to the sign. You know. <laughs> And, and he just did it naively, you know. He's got. You remember the one with the like the flaming skulls, like right, this way, right, you know, right. the red the flaming. Classic. Yeah, the yeah. classic. That's right. And you know, and and I could tell Dave was not super pleased about it. And none of their pins worked, you know. That, but uh-huh. we had one with us that worked. And <laughs> Dave Mustaine goes, "Of course, this guy's got the only pin that works." <laughs> oh, I was, that's I was great. just like, oh, brutal. But actually, they were quite nice. Yeah, you know, they were really, really yeah. they were all, all very nice. I'm not sure all, who all was in the lineup, but it was like so it was, it was the Risk album, which was kind of nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, you remember that one? It's yeah. like very poppy. You know? Yeah, that was a weird little transition. <laughs> <laughs> I like older Megadeth. I'm not yeah. really too uh, keen on the newest stuff. Yeah, yeah. Newer, whatever. Yeah, the only new, the only new mainstream kind of heavier album I've procured is the Tool Tools album. Okay, yeah. And what do you think about that? Um, I like it. You know, it's it's very different. You know, and the uh, I I really had a great initial listen to because I was like in Colorado and I was okay. sit, sitting up on you know on my my folks back porch like with just my earbuds in just looking yeah. out over the mountain right. while listening to the whole thing so, yeah, so it was like, an experience it was yeah so you know uh, um i it's i know it's gotten some mixed reviews mm-hmm. you, you know um it's done some i think important things like it's the longest that their fear inoculum the release is the longest release to ever chart you know so it's like 10 minutes and 15 seconds or something right and so i think you know in, in an era where people's attention span is oh, so yeah definitely like, you know and and it dethroned Taylor Swift, you know, which was kind of <laughs> funny, uh, you know, uh, you know, if there's any Taylor Swift fans out there listening to this, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw that that was that was cool, and there's only been a few uh, uh, songs to chart that 
or in this sort of very odd kind of time signature, you know. Mm-hmm. For a long time, it was just Dave Brubeck's Take 5, uh, Jazz, uh, mm-hmm. forever ago, and then Money, Pink Floyd, which, okay. is, which is in 7, except for the guitar mm-hmm. solo. Um, and, and for a long time, those were the only, <laughs> like, really big charting yeah. songs that were in, in kind of an odd time, you know. So, it, uh, you know, I thought that was really important. I enjoy the album, it, you know. Um, uh, especially Tempest, I think is pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's got some kind of uh, mashuga sort of drums happening right. at one point. You know that yeah. like, that was kind of new. You know, um, Adam, who's like a very understated guitar player, uh, I think at moments he stepped out of his comfort zone a little a little more. Yeah. You know, it's probably something that I think as he he usually is he's not a like a technical wizard. You know, he's not right. not really going going for that which is fine mm-hmm. i mean it's to- totally fine um, but I, th- I i think on that track specifically sort of l- very long guitar stuff going on mm-hmm. you know so um i don't know what do you think i thought it sounded the same you thought it sounded the same it's like everything else yeah <laughs> <laughs> not everything else i could tell that they did some different things yeah i'd have to give it another spin but i didn't uh not like it yeah i mean i just i i wasn't as excited as as other people mm-hmm. I've, i i've always liked tool and just wasn't the biggest tool fan mm-hmm. and there was no specific reason i just yeah i guess the a lot of the open 10 12 10 12 open 12 10 yeah just it's a lot of similar sounding things mm-hmm. that that i kind of get a little i don't even want to say bored it's just uninterested right yeah i i i, to- I totally understand that you know i think with with tool you know of course their their drummer's fantastic you know, he's extremely creative and and the and and maynard is a great singer mm-hmm. you know and uh and my musical interests what kind of how i got there was i was really a, a rush fan and like yeah. early yes and genesis like the really long form prog rock right you know king crimson that kind of yes. stuff and yeah. and uh and then i kind of landed there like because okay. i also was listening to sort of heavier stuff too yeah, typical good, kind of like pantera medium. and that kind of thing and it just sort of and and you know tools kind of that with a sort of black sabbath simplicity right you know yeah, yeah i could see that yeah I, i'm i'm also a little impartial to the the long intros and the noise just oh yeah the noise and some mm-hmm. of the songs I, I just want to hear some music you know mm-hmm. i understand the journey part of it and you yeah. know maybe it's like a story or mm-hmm. something like that yeah. but I don't, I don't know if I'm, I, it's, I have to be in a certain mood. Sure. You yeah. know, if, if I'm interested, like I want to hear some good music and mm-hmm. I put it on and I hear noise for 30 seconds. Right. Uh, okay. I'm going to go to a different album. Right. <laughs> sure. Know? Yeah. It's a little short attention span at that point, you know, yeah. but if I'm just wanting to vibe on something, just mm-hmm. background music, mm-hmm. yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. That was, I think one of the more common criticisms I've seen, you know, um, it, music is there's no accounting for taste right so, so yeah it's it's again that's sort of very personal very personal thing um maybe i i'm pretty forgiving of a lot of things for example my wife has very different musical taste from myself uh, but you know i'm married and we share a space so i find something like i find a way to like this uh-huh. like, <laughs> you yeah. know i'm like it's like either i figure this out or I get in a fight, <laughs> you know, find a way yeah. to appreciate and respect. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, and then I have lots of students who are not my college students, but they just pay to come do private lessons. They want yeah. to learn something that, you know, it's just like, you know, I just need to be interested, you know, I have to be engaged. Yeah. So 
maybe I'm more, guess, m- more forgiving, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. than I than maybe I otherwise would be. See see their faces and how excited they are mm-hmm. that they get to play it now. Like, okay, well then, yeah, yeah, now yeah. now I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I honestly with Tool, I've I've always been more really more interested in the drummer. You know, I, I think maybe there's people who play faster. You know, maybe more uh, sort of polyrhythmic playing. You know, um, but it's just the phrasing is terribly interesting, right? You, you know, there's just very, very long drum phrases that are, are I think, very creative and yeah. lots of interesting electronic sounds and things like that, you know? Um, and then Maynard always sounds great, you know? Yeah. So. Fits pretty well. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I think that I wrote like a one minute song, like as a parody. Oh yeah. Uh, just, just, <laughs> I just tried to write something really quick that sounded like it could be on the tool album. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to show it to you. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I yeah, just remembered yeah. that I did that. I, I can't remember if I saved it or if, yeah, <laughs> how much time I spent, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you mentioned drums, that reminded me, that's something that I tend to concentrate on a lot mm-hmm. with, with bands, unless the guitar just sticks out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I don't know why I've just always been drawn to drums immediately. Yeah, and I, I guess because really it is kind of the backbone, and you mm-hmm. know, it makes keeps the rhythm and yeah. gets the groove going. So, kind of focus on that. But I appreciate the drums mm-hmm. a lot. You yeah, know, for being doing what they're doing. I guess. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, you could I could I could jump on a drum set if I if I'm remotely coordinated, I could figure something out mm-hmm. versus guitar where I have to. Not trying to compare the two, saying one's harder than the other, but right. you know, drums you physically have to be at work right now mm-hmm. to to make this happen. But right. guitar, you know, I can play guitar when I'm sick, you know, mm-hmm. not really right. have too much of an issue. But at the same time, I can't just jam to something if I don't know where the where the 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 what the key is or you know what yeah. chord I'm supposed to play or whatever. But drums, you know, just oh yeah, kick snare, kick snare, hi hat, yeah, do that. Like yeah. I said, as long as you're coordinated, you can execute it, but. Uh, a little different than mm-hmm. sitting down with a guitar and trying to like just play a song yeah. by by ear. Yeah, well, and drums are so fascinating to watch because of the macro movement thing. You right. Know, you know, it's it, and and really, really, um, you know, really great. My really my two my two favorite drum styles I'd have to say are, are you know sort of metal and jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, Definitely funk, funk, jazz, and this kind of thing. And and to to watch this sort of large range movement, very complicated. Uh, thing happen that you, and especially when they get right in the pocket you know they're they are, have control over the music oh, machine yeah. and yeah. it's it's amazing to watch you, yeah. you know um uh, you know i really like uh steve gad uh sort of uh, jazz drummer but but he also was in the you know the air force band which is a big big deal in the jazz world and uh but played with you know like He's been around forever, so he played like studio stuff with Paul Simon and stuff back okay, in the day, yeah. you know. But he's the guy's like a powerhouse. I really enjoy him a lot. Stanton Moore is really good uh, from Galactic. He's sort of a New Orleans style jazz, okay, yeah. like you know, really heavy, you know, funk. Right. Um, I really like this stuff, and I play the, play with this guy uh, who's on faculty at Southwestern, Terrence Hobdy, uh, who uh, uh, studied jazz at, at UNT, and this guy is just. Everything he plays is just. I'm like, of course, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of those guys with that type of uh, like with jazz and stuff too, that's usually a pretty simple kit, right? Yeah, they usually play play a much smaller kit. You know, they'll probably have a floor tom and a mounted tom. You know, snare. You know, mm-hmm. it can be kind of a art, so very subtle art. 
But when you get into more contemporary styles of, of jazz and, and like funk and that kind of thing, you know, you'll get a, a little bit bigger setup. Like, like yeah. Steve Gadd plays a pretty decent sized set that is from, you know, what I've seen. I mean, he probably has a thousand drum sets, but uh, uh, it is true. Yeah. I mean, and you're like jazz quartets and stuff like that or big band. It's usually pretty, yeah, pretty small. And that's, I guess that's that really gets you to work on your, uh, creativity too because i mean you hit the snare and you know several different places you get several mm-hmm. different sounds and you know really get to explore one thing instead of depending on a whole bunch of yeah. extra crap to mess with which i i prefer the extra crap i, I like the, i like the extra crap <laughs> I, I i'm not gonna lie the extra crap is fun uh you know and those guys that you know the jazz guys they do they do a lot of brush work and stuff oh yeah know, right right kind of thing and and uh and they're they're really concentrating on you know a lot of very, it's very complex, but it's all very subtle, you, you know. And, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I grew up listening to to guys like Neil Peart who have drums all the way around him. Yeah, you know, or Terry Bozio. You well, know, it's a little ridiculous, but yeah. Terry Bozio. <laughs> yeah, he's. I've never seen it. I saw him. I went to see him at a clinic at Guitar Center once, and they had his whole kit there. Oh my god! And it was like this, you know, shut down the store. It was. It was. It was crazy, and you know, there were. Everybody wanted to ask a Frank Zappa question, you know. Right. Uh, um, but he did a set, like he did a short performance, thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, and then just took a bunch of questions, you know. Yeah. You know, and I was like, "How long does it take them to set up?" And I think he said it takes like like five or six hours. Good lord, <laughs> to set up <laughs> this ridiculous thing, you know. Oh man. Yeah, it's real. It's like, um, let's see. So I've got two more little sections here. One was my. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that before. My uh, one second answer to a one second question, mm-hmm. you know, like a either or situation. Okay. Just answer as fast as you can. Just, uh, just to show you, dog or cat. Dog. Okay. I don't have very many. Okay. Sweet or spicy. Spicy. Loud or quiet. Loud. Soup or salad. Salad. Tea or water. Tea. Football or baseball. Football. Night or day day pc or mac mac <laughs> that's a quick one yeah shorts or pants pants carpet or hardwood hardwood city life or country life country life spring or fall Ooh. fall energy drink or coffee coffee uh, uh-huh. all right that's all okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so the last thing that i have here um i was going to ask if you have any experience with meditation uh no, and you mean like n- not like transcendental med- meditation, but like actually, uh, kind of like the waking up kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, and I, uh, I wish I had actually. Um, I- I'm thinking that I might subscribe to to the the waking up app. Um, you know, I I can definitely see the idea of being able to, um, notice a thought as being exactly that. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. and and learning. To kind of do a neo from the matrix and sort of sidestep it. Sure, yeah, you know? that's 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 huge in itself. Yeah, and in dealing with like we were talking about earlier with sort of anxiety and depression, you know, I think that that kind of tool is really powerful. Yeah, I mean, you uh, that was another thing that I have on here, but you mentioned uh, imposter syndrome too. Oh, uh, right. At some point, so that was going to be one other thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just 
you know, uh, imposter syndrome is a weird, a weird thing, you know, and I think it comes, it can be from being in the system, you know, uh, whatever it is. And what I mean by system is a music learning system, or, right. but you don't even have to do that. Right. Like if you're, if you're just an artist who struggled and struggled and all of a sudden you make it, you know, um, it's like you, you have this feeling you don't deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, I mean, I, I still might view myself as this sort of metal kid from Fort Worth you know, who really struggled to learn his favorite guitar solos, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and I have, you know, built up the kind of the great man myth around certain guitarists and that, that this is not attainable. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of it comes from being, you know, you know, I'm religious myself, Christian, um, but just being in the Judeo Christian ethos and the sort of, you uh-huh. know, the Protestant work ethic and all this kind of thing you hear about, whether you're religious or not, um, uh, you know, being humble is is the quality and being prideful you know is bad and and there is of course truth to that right so if you're if you're prideful in this sort of aggressive way you know pride will come before the fall as they say right Mm -hmm. so um you you have to at some point be okay with having uh accomplished something of course and and be okay with talking about it you, you know um, because, you know, for me, it affected me, you know, I, I dealt with some bullying, professional bullying, you know, uh, in, you know, the last, it's not happening now, but in the recent past. And I let that get into my head mm-hmm. and, and it sort of fed an imposter syndrome that I think was already there. Um, it caused me, uh, I think to have some pretty bad concerts, you know, cause I just let it get in there, you, yeah, you know, right. and, uh, it's you like know. an infection. Yeah, it is. It is like an infection, and um, I'm I'm okay with with talking about it now. You know, before it's you know you don't ad- admit weakness. Of course, you, you know. Um, Can't do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so you 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 earn a place. You know, in imposter sy- syndrome, you you're talking about you're occupying a professional space. It could be that you really did earn. Like you didn't cheat somebody else out of it, or you didn't have some. You know, you're dad worked there and got you the job and you're actually just a bum or whatever, right. you, you know, yeah. like you, you're there because you're there and you earned it and all that. Um, uh, you know, but you, do, you still just don't have a feeling of deserving any of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, um, in terms of anxiety and depression and that kind of thing for me now, uh, that has been sort of the challenge, you know, the more recent challenge for, for me is, being okay, it's like, all right, I'm 37 years old. I did all my degrees, you know. Uh, I've done my concerts, wrote my dissertation, did all my research and everything. Like, I, there's no way I tricked that many professors. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like I, I did not fool yeah, you my can track way. The progress. All, like, <laughs> you know, like I had different professors for these classes. <clears throat> Somebody would have found me out. Yeah. You, you know. Um. And, and so I, I've had to kind of repeat that to to myself and. And I try to help my you know, my students if I can spot it. You know, mm-hmm. I will try to just give them a little inoculation if I can. Yeah. You know, uh, encouragement uh, uh, to to avoid it. But yeah, that's that's imposter syndrome. Have you ever had any experience like that before in performing or? Not necessarily. Maybe just yeah. a hint of something at yeah. some point, but nothing really sticks out that that really affected me that much. Yeah. I mean, I have I have a problem with taking compliments. I, mm-hmm. I just uh, there's just oh, something really wired that. in me that it's like a I have to deflect. Yeah. Deflect. Nope. Nope. Not <laughs> accurate. Nope. Get back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I mean, uh, maybe because some I feel like is 
not true or exaggerated or somebody is just straight up under the wrong impression or something but i I still don't know how to deal with it it's just Mm kind of okay yeah no matter what i do i feel like i'm either i'm either deflecting it too much or i'm saying thank you or okay in a way that makes me seem like well, Mm -hmm. well yeah Right. I, I, I am that good or something you know and yeah. I, I definitely don't want to give that impression and I, I i am the same way like i i am the most awkward compliment receiver <laughs> <laughs> you know i i just i and i don't know if it's like i just drink some kind of weird dum-dum juice like right after they <laughs> after they say something nice i'm just like yes but yeah, some sort of kryptonite I, fingers oh. i have guitar yeah. Yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> so uh, on the the meditation thing let's mm-hmm. see what i had um you said you would be interested in checking it out i was going to ask if you've ever wanted to or if you've ever tried before at all no I, i'd love to try it uh you, you know um it, it it definitely for someone like me i'm also I'm just very busy minded mm-hmm. you know all the time it's so hard for me to just turn it off you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's 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 big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just just being able to. I mean, that that's you're not necessarily. Uh, you could have all sorts of different goals mm-hmm. uh, with it, but if you are busy minded, that that's the way I've always been as well. And just to be able to to step outside of that and be able to at least turn it down. Mm-hmm. Maybe not right. shut it off completely, but learn yeah. how to turn it down yeah. where it's not disturbing you. Mm-hmm. It is gigantic and yeah. and um i think that's totally possible you know with with a little bit of training but just just to be able to convince yourself even for 10 seconds to not think about right anything no mm-hmm. no no worries you know like as soon as you try try to not think of something i gotta do dishes when i get home right you know? and, yeah. and just no 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 nope. just mm-hmm. stop it let that right let that go right past you <laughs> and uh, don't worry about it you know yeah. you can think about it but there's no you can think about it later you can you can pick it right back up mm-hmm. 10 seconds later just try to think about absolutely nothing and see what kind of what kind of just freedom that gives you and then it's a matter of trying to expand that and then try to think of it you know, of nothing for 15 seconds and and, sure. and and notice the things that are trying to come into your into your head and that sidetrack you how easily you get sidetracked you yeah know? i mean just one little bitty thought you know, and you could you could totally notice that thought, and just say, "Oh yeah, that's that's right," and not even want to latch onto it. But that thought reminds you of something else, and here comes the next thought mm-hmm. that that was linked to that. You know, it's yeah. just, and just like that, you're you're lost. You're already gone <laughs> back into yeah. the cycle. You know? Yeah, that, I mean, that would be huge for me. You, you know, is one of one of the things that you know I, I want when I'm having a conversation with someone, I, I want them to feel like I'm actually engaged and interested sure. in them. Right, right. You know, and, and I, my mind, you know, I have, I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, I've, my attention span is a struggle for me. It always mm-hmm. has been, um, you know, but I am genuinely interested. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to disengage, but it's like you were talking about all of a sudden here comes the thought train yep. that yanks you right out of that reality you know, mm-hmm. and 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 you're depriving yourself in this case of an experience of, of, a, of a, an interesting conversation with, you know, one or more other people. Yeah, uh, in the moment. The same same with like yeah. reading a book. For mm-hmm. me, you know, I, a paragraph in, I randomly think of something, and mm-hmm. I you have to be able to shut that off, otherwise yeah. I'm not going to understand what I'm reading or absorb it, you know, whatsoever. Yeah, and that's part of it too. Is just it's the same kind of recognition of, 
you know, whoop, 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 stop. Yeah. You know, I don't need that right now. I'm convinced I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Worth yeah. a shot for sure. But I, I yeah. would, yeah, I would, uh, the app is a little pricey, but, um, yeah. Being the, that I've used it many times, yeah. it's it's worth a, a shot for sure. Yeah, I think I'm the kind of person that that would really really benefit. You know, I mean, just I, I think anybody can. You know, but but because you know, kind of like the experience here, I have the same problem. When I read. I, you know, I find myself having to reread paragraphs oh, yeah, over and over yeah, again. Definitely. It's so frustrating. That's what takes me. That's why it takes me long to read <laughs> some books because I have to, I want to understand, yeah. truly understand. And I'm getting distracted, not just because I can't understand right. because I'm getting distracted too. And it's just a yeah, yeah avalanche so, of crap. Yeah. That's, that's something I, I definitely could benefit from and some, and it addresses an issue that I think I really could work on. You yeah. Know? yeah. It helped my practice, I think too, a lot. Yeah. I mean, you could, that's like a. Uh, metronome for the mind. <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> Perfect. So that that's how you would treat the app, I guess. You know, yeah. or, or anything that would mm-hmm. assist you. You know, that 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 assistance would be like a metronome. You know, to follow mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely recommend that. Man, that's uh, pretty much all I have on here. All right. I don't know if you have anything else you want to share or no, you advertise know, or anything. Uh, you know, uh, you can look me up at uh, will-douglas.com and kind of see you know what i've got going on i need to update my performance calendar on there um uh, but i have some things i've written you know on different subjects actually in the blog there not 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 as much as i'd like to but some things about hand health and stuff you know for guitarists okay yeah um and some other issues um uh you know and uh you can follow me at ftw as in fort worth guitarist on on twitter uh you know or will douglas guitarist on instagram you know that's that's where you know i uh I, I you know like i said facebook's just kind of a publisher i'm there but yeah you know, right eh. not as active yeah yeah battleground family battleground facebook <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> yeah um and yeah uh you know i if i could recommend anything um for my my metal brothers and sisters out there uh check out a, a couple of classical recommendations um, go for it there is a video of a guitarist named rolf lieslevend it's a l-i-s-l-e-v-a-n-d playing a stradivarius guitar right so the stra- legendary builder of violins uh, violas and cellos yeah yeah uh um he's playing the only still playable uh stradivari guitar and just to put put a point on it a, a stradivarius uh uh Viola sold in 2015 for 43 million dollars. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah, um, but he's playing a piece called Tarantella by a early uh, broke guitar composer from Spain named Santiago de Murcia. Uh, so yeah, Rolf Lieslevent. Um, and then if you want to get real heavy, um, I- I'd say check out just about any recording, but the the Bach D minor harpsichord concerto, harpsichord concerto, the first movement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like uh, the version uh, played by a, a harpsichordist named uh, uh, Christophe Rousset. Okay. Um, and it it is it's intense. It is a it is a face melter. Awesome. Uh, um, and then perhaps if you want another uh, just like modern classical guitar face melter, I'd probably say listen to um, it's a long one, but it's worth your time. <laughs> Uh, Angel Romero playing the Chacon 
C-H-A-C-O-N-N-E by Johann Sebastian Bach. Okay. Uh, it's 13 minutes long. Nice. <laughs> it's an intense 13 minutes, and it's full of technical fireworks. And if there was a desert island piece uh, for me, that would be it. Awesome. It's it's a piece you could play for your entire life and never find the end of it. Wow. Yeah. I definitely have to check it out. So that those would be my recommendations. Maybe I'll put, a, I'll put a some. link to that one on the awesome. subject or something. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So so do check those out if you're wanting to kind of. You, there's so much music, classical music out there. You don't know where to start. Those are pretty interesting places. Cool. So, awesome. Thanks well, for having me. Yeah. This is great. Thanks for being here. Great. Yeah. Cool. See you. See you. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.